folks thanks for tuning in the show this one is with andre royal he is a insomniac narcolepsy guy whatever you want to call it uh he he has a crazy life story to tell and uh, i'm actually just sitting here talking with him after the show and he really livened up but you know he he told a really good story i think i'm gonna have him back on and he'll be a lot more jovial and lively i think i got a little bit too personal at parts of it um <laughs> you know but it, it was a wonderful story uh thanks everyone for tuning in and if you want to support the show go check out uh, my social medias, check out his, reach out to guests, let them know which ones you like. So I'll have them back on and let me know, obviously. And uh, if you got an extra dollar a month, uh, Patreon is the way to go. So lots of love. And here's the show. All righty. Andre Royal, how goes it, brother? It goes fantastic. Yeah. Would you want to briefly introduce yourself and maybe tell a story? Um, sure. <laughs> Why, right not? Why not? Why um, not? My name is Andre Royal. Some people know me as Chef Andre Royal. Um, I kind of started cooking at home and my, my little one, he wouldn't stop calling me a chef. And so I kind of ran with it. Nice. Um, and that's how most people know me is, you know, through that moniker. So yeah. And what you've been yeah. uh, working on mostly lately? Lately, I've been working on trying to be a little less scattered brain, but um, I've been all over the place doing different things. I, I'm putting on a 5K race. I'm <laughs> working on a, a art show um, that features me and uh, both my sons. Nice. I'm working with uh, some area nonprofits and really getting more into community organizing, nice. which surprisingly um, requires a lot of organization. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. absolutely, man. Um, my understanding is that the fun run is to about a, an issue that's pretty close to you. Yeah. So it's for narcolepsy, sleep disorders, um, basically the importance of quality sleep. Yeah. Um, it's the Suddenly Sleepy Sleepwalk 5K, and it's in March coinciding with the time change. When everyone's losing an hour of sleep, that's when we have our race. Nice. And so you personally have narcolepsy? Yeah, I um, kind of found out a little bit late in life, mm. uh, about 33. I was a. Uh, Did it diagnosed. hit you later in life? You didn't have it earlier than that? or I didn't have the um, symptoms or experiences. Um, it was kind of a surprise to me. I had a routine surgery. Then, after the routine surgery, I went back to work and um, I uh, was falling asleep making hopefully sandwiches. Not, hopefully, not a heavy machinery job? No, <laughs> no. I mean, we made some pretty heavy sandwiches, though. Ah. I mean, cold cuts can, they can add up. You know, yeah. start putting some variety on there. So that'd be pretty, because I mean, if you didn't know about it, I'm sure your boss didn't know about it. And they're probably just like, why the hell are you sleeping on the job so much? Well, actually what happened was I was opening up and so I was used to working by myself and I kind of dropped a step a little bit and I noticed I was feeling a little bit sluggish, but I was like, all right, well maybe it's just, you know, I need to get back into the swing of things. I did just have surgery. Um, cause I used to do, uh, <laughs> some amateur MMA before that when it was, um, you know, seemed like a good idea, but, uh. You know, I, I didn't go too far with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of had some strange phobias, you Ooh, know. Like and, what? 
Well, you know, some people were doing it for real to like try to make a living, and I was kind of oh, yeah. doing it, you know, more of like a hobby. Did and I had. A, did you have a phobia of someone knocking you out and then keep going after you? I, you know, I had a phobia, and this is going to sound kind of that's why maybe conceited, but like, yeah. of like fighting people that were a little, I want to say like maybe not as handsome, you know, <laughs> like they would. Like uh, purposefully try to give me like cauliflower ear or yeah. something. Or, yeah. I mean, I know the goal is to win, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't know if they would know when to say when, you yeah. know? Like, 100%. Like it might be a thing or something. Like maybe I was. Because you're a very beautiful man. Oh, thanks, take, man. Of course people want to take you down a peg. <laughs> no, well, you know, sometimes females, they'll scratch each other and they'll get like real vicious and yeah. stuff. And, you know, I didn't know if that was a thing amongst the circles and mm-hmm. stuff. And then, then there was other stuff too. Like, uh, you know, people like actually seemed like they enjoyed getting hit. And I just wasn't yeah. one of those people. Yeah. Like, you know, until they got clocked in the face, that's, you know, that's kind of what got them going. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe this isn't my thing as much as I was thinking it was my thing. Yeah. But I felt weird. So you're not into BDSM, I take it. No. <laughs> no, not today. Yeah. Not today. Go but, home um, and tell your wife she's all up in leather. Like, not tonight, babe. I know we, I know. I told you I might want to try it, but it's a no. That's Tuesdays. <laughs> that's Tuesdays. <laughs> no, I like it, man. Um, and so we briefly met. We, we spoke for an hour before uh, we did a podcast and then actually came to the Rotary Club. And watched you give a, a presentation speech kind of shindig about your due. Yeah, I'm surprised I made it through without crying. I mean, I had like I mean, one near tear. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty close, man. It was a close call. Is that a story you'd be okay sharing on the show? Or? Um, yeah, actually, I'd be okay with sharing that story. I, I figure I, I better get better at it because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's one of the more compelling ones that really you know, it was near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And, and just, uh, and just yeah. so it said, I didn't, I was taking pictures, so I couldn't be fully immersed in it. So I don't really recall what it is. I know bits and pieces about it, but it's going to be new to me as well. Oh, okay. So all right. That's why I really wanted to hear it again. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I, was, okay. I was kind of on the job. All right. Well, um, it started with me pretty much driving home and I got lost. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I was very, uh, disoriented. I knew I was in the general vicinity of around about where I lived, but all of a sudden things became kind of very unfamiliar and I was uh, kind of going, what I noticed was going kind of like in and out of consciousness. Like, you know, a lot of distance was passing between me being cognizant of how I got there. So it was like kind of trippy, like, oh my gosh, how did I get from here to here and losing track of time? And then the orientation that was uh, really kind of alarming for me. I decided I was going to try to pull over, and before I really could do anything and respond, um, next thing you know, I saw like just like a sea of leaves like going over the windshield and scratching and blocking my view, and I didn't know if I was up or down or you know had gone airborne or or what. You know, I don't know if it was bushes or if it was trees and tree branches. I didn't know what was happening, um, and I. I made a phone call um, prior to being in that situation. And so I kind of, uh, it was like one of those things where, well, this is the one thing I can do in this moment. And so I called the mother of uh, my two oldest children and I asked her, you know, if she could, you know, basically send help, like call, you know, the police or something. I think I'm near a certain area, but I don't know exactly where I'm at and I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm hurt. I don't know what's going on, but I just know I'm not going to be able to keep my eyes open for very long. And then I went out 
and I um, I woke up the next morning on the train tracks, and this was in uh, California, my home state. Um, so I woke up on the train tracks, and you know, one of the first thoughts that went through my mind was uh, like, "Holy shit!" Uh, excuse my language, but like, no, you can it was like, yeah. "Holy shit!" Like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, like, what if something would have happened to me? Like, you know. And I was really concerned, not just because I woke up on the train tracks, but I was concerned about what it would have looked like. It would have probably looked like I, you know, committed suicide yourself, or yeah, something. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't nowhere so you were near laying that. on the tracks? No, no, I was in my vehicle, oh. um, and I was able to drive off of the tracks yeah. and stuff, and I realized where I was, and so my orientation had returned, and I, you know, had the wherewithal to call and say, hey, um, look, I, I know where I'm at. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but can you like tell them that I'm okay and they don't have to um, come get try you. to yeah, yeah try to come get me? And she said, you know, basically, you don't have to worry about that because I um I didn't call them. And so what the fuck? yeah, well, you know, uh, I mean, we've we've uh, gotten along a lot better since then. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a a down a downside. Learn who not to call in that situation. Well, um, I don't. I don't think I want to ever be in that situation again. So I, you know, I took a lot of measures and a lot of people are really concerned, like, well, you know, you shouldn't be driving, you shouldn't be doing this and that. But, you know, to be honest, a lot of the help wasn't there and I tried to do less, but it was like there was more I needed to do, you know, and this, just the support wasn't really there. You'd think like, oh, okay, um, someone would be willing to give you a ride, yeah. you know, and it's like, Mm, people get tired of folks asking, you know, 100%. sometimes. In a, so was that your first, like, wake-up call that you had narcolepsy? Um, that was probably one of my most alarming experiences that I had. I mean, I had several, but that one was really alarming because uh, the, the span of time, the things that were going on. And, and one thing that really challenged me was having that experience because as far as I was concerned, that was like a, you know, it, it was a lot about it I didn't understand. And, like, just a couple of days later, you know, I was in the grocery store with my daughter. And um, we're going down the aisle. And, you know, it's uh, it was like walking into the light, you know, the way it was illuminated in, you know, corridor light. Yeah. And uh, overhead, a song starts playing. And I don't remember the exact song, but I knew it was one that she liked. And part of the lyrics were, um, wake up. Oh, wow. And for me, that was like a trigger because yeah. it was like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, and my mind started going and like holding her hand and walking down the grocery aisle, which should have been, you know, pretty routine. Yeah. That turned into a, a, a very kind of like panic ridden situation where I was scared to like actually take steps forward because I was like, wait a minute, hold on. what What's going on? Is this really happening? And. Um, I wasn't entirely sure, and that was part of trying to come to terms with, you know, what was going on with me was having that uncertainty and second-guessing my reality, which I don't think a lot of people have that experience to the degree where they really, really, really have to question themselves in the moment and hope that um, things are the way that they are because, um, you know, when you start seeing bizarre things and experiencing bizarre things, um, it's a little different. So I, you know, I lean over and I tell her, I say, hey, 
Um, you know, because at this point, I'm like, all right, I can't be paralyzed in the store. I have to figure out a way to move forward, leave or do something. But at yeah. the same time, I felt very conflicted, like I should be tossing and turning and, and pulling out tubes or something out of my nose and saying, hey, I want to live or something before they pull the cord. Like I thought I was like in a coma or something and I was being cued to wake up and I didn't know how. So I felt like I was stuck kind of like in a dream. And so I lean over to her and I say, hey, um, I know this might be a little hard to hear, but I need to explain to you kind of like what's going on with me. I said, there's times and right now is one of those times where I'm not exactly sure if what's happening is is real or not. So I'm going to, you know, go in the restroom for a brief second. Like, you know, I want you to wait here, like outside the restroom. Um, And I'm going to cry. You know, I I just said, I'm going to cry and uh, I'm going to compose myself and I'm going to come back out and we're going to finish grocery shopping, you know, and uh, that's pretty much what I did. That's crazy, man. So your daughter didn't know that you had narcolepsy up till then? Well, she was real young. She really didn't understand it. And a lot of my family didn't understand it. I mean, they had a lot of questions and, you know, I didn't have a lot of answers. And, you know, but they would ask me, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. And she was really young. So yeah. um, that was a tough situation. Now she's she's older and, you know, um, getting ready to have a baby herself. Oh, wow. And so a lot of time had passed and I felt like. I missed a lot, yeah. you know. Uh, it, time does pass a lot when you're losing sleep too. It's like so. You're, you, you were you yeah. were you having like sleepless nights, like two nights in a row awake or something? I was having sleepless nights and sleeping at inopportune times. It, it really has to do with sleep wake cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't always just falling asleep. Sometimes it'd be like being awake for for days yeah. or like a week straight. You oh, know, it you've been awake like, for a week straight? Uh, it, you know, it felt like it. Um, and I say that because you could have, have like sleep and you don't realize that you're asleep. And so it seems like you're awake. So yeah. it's like this weird kind of situation where you don't really get restful sleep or you do sleep too heavy, but you still don't feel rested. Mm-hmm. So that's like? a, oh man, it's Day like seven a, of that. Oh my gosh, that's that's a it's not a feeling you want to experience. Um, Were you getting visual and audio hallucinations? Like I've been awake for forty eight hours. I've I've had some experiences that really made me question a lot of things in life. Yeah, um, and do they linger with and you? Death. Yeah, even they, totally. they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there, there's things you can see that you can't unsee, and there's things you experience and you just can't unexperience. And them. they're undeniable. And sometimes, you know, there's a takeaway from that. And um, some some of it seems like it makes no sense, and some of it seems like it makes way too much sense. Yeah. And that's the part where it like gets songs, weird. Like songs like where it has wake up in it as you're falling asleep because of narcolepsy, you're like, seriously, what are the odds? Then people will just be like, oh, it's just chance. You don't notice all the times it doesn't happen. You only notice the time it happens. Well, it's like, well, it only happened. Like, that's crazy. Shit is crazy when life gets distorted in that way. Yeah. And, you know, the mind has an amazing way of trying to make sense of things. And oh, yeah. so, like, I think, honestly, and, you know, I don't want to sound conceited in any way, shape or form. Um, but uh, I think sometimes the more creative or intelligent you are, the more elaborate and wild these situations can be because your mind is at work trying to make sense of these things. And um, if it can't. Um, it could be a real slippery slope, you know, kind of torturous. Um, so I've just, I've tried to learn to be a little bit more kind to myself 
in those situations and, and um, you know, just try to make sure that what I'm doing at all times for the most part is trying to be grounded in who I am and make sure that I'm a good person. So if I'm unsure about a surrounding or a situation, the one thing I could be sure of is I'm trying to be a better person and whatever's going on around me, no matter what, nice. I try to I try to rely on that. I'm trying to get back to being the me that I feel like I should be. Yeah. I mean, you're very well off. Like, like you, you look well now. It seems like you're, you t- keep good care of yourself and you're doing well. But what was... Was there like a low point that you hit that then kind of sprung you into this to where you are now or, or was it like a gradual uphill or what? There were several low points and it was um, like a succession of them, you know. Uh, one, trying to get help, not just for me, but for myself and my family. You know, I, I was trying to be a provider and I couldn't provide. And so one of the things that happened was, you know, I kind of had like a creative spurt. Hmm. Um and I feel like it was a fight or flight type of reflex. Like, what are you going to do now that your physicality is in question? How are you going to use your mind and your creativity to resolve this situation? It was like uh, kind of like a choose your own adventure mm. type of thing. But you don't get to use this, this or this. And oh, so yeah. <laughs> it was a. It was a sight to probably see for some people, and it was really challenging. And so I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of, you know, family um, behind this. And I'm I'm still in the process of trying to uh, mend some of those relationships and get people back because it's hard. It's hard to see people suffer from up close. It's hard to see um, people at their worst, whether it's their no fault of their own. I mean, you know, you start losing sleep and and not to mention the sleep part. The routine surgery that I had was for like eating and drinking. Um, Well, after I had the routine, sorry, it wasn't, let me backtrack. So I had a hernia surgery. That was the routine surgery. Mm -hmm. What wasn't routine was what happened afterwards where I couldn't eat or drink um, properly. I had achalasia, so I couldn't swallow. And sometimes water would get stuck, food would get stuck, and it would just pull in my throat or come back up or not go down. And people just um, abandoned you? Um, some. Yeah. Not all, but some. But eventually, you know, I found myself, you know, kind of by myself. Um, when you don't have the support, um, sometimes family, you know, goes it alone and, you know, they try to get the support with or without you. And I was kind of torn between two states. You know, I was in California where all my family was. And then I, you know, had a a newborn baby and, uh, you know, all her family was in Oregon. So I was kind of torn between two states and um, my older children and my youngest child. And there really was in that situation, there really was no right thing to do. You know, if I stayed, then I would have been missing out on um, the opportunity to be a part of my youngest son's life. If I would have left, which I did, um, I missed out on a lot of things with my oldest kids. And, you know, I was trying to orchestrate it all while I was ill and rehabilitating myself and seeking medical help and all these things. And I just seemed to find every crack there was to fall through. And I figured if I ever get back up, I'm going to do something to give back. Nice. That seems like, I mean, I'll, I'll complain, like I'll, I'll feel hopeless when I have like 10 things pile up on me where I'm like, Oh, I just want to do nothing to lay in bed. I can't imagine the amount of will it would take to not just crawl up in a ball at that point, but you actually just doubled down and kind of 
How'd, how'd you get out of it? Or did, is there well, a I crawled up in a ball or? first. Like, ah, a few yeah. balls here and there. Went in the bathroom and sure. cried kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm not going to lie. I, you know, it, it took me a while. I was, I was, a, uh, I was a mess, and I was a, a hell of a wreck. And, you know, every little thing felt like an accomplishment, you know, in my eyes. But, you know, when you have mouths to feed and you have people um, relying on you, and hoping and wanting the best of you. And it's kind of a shock. I, I think people sometimes had good intentions by trying to press and push. Mm-hmm. Um, like or, I am right now. <laughs> nah, nah. Okay, beautiful. These are softball questions. Okay, beautiful. You know, I was like, I don't want to be too personal, but yeah. No, no, no. It's a personal thing. And, and, it's I, and I think, um, you know, it, it's worth talking about. And not everybody can or is willing and so since i've already kind of put it out there it's like all right well you already put it out there so what's the worst that could happen Mm -hmm. but then again what's the best that could happen you've experienced a lot of things that seem like the worst um what good can you do with this and i think that's where i always try to bring it back to maybe if i tell my story someone else doesn't have to tell theirs you know or they get inspired and i've had people reach out to me from like around the world and um it's it's a good feeling to hear that it's not all for naught, that mm-hmm. you've said something or you've done something that's helped somebody hold on for a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. What would be a hardball question be if these are softballs? Uh, well, a hardball question, I feel like I'm setting myself up here, yeah. um, would be, I don't know, it would probably be uh, something along the lines of, how did your stand-up go when you went back home to California? You've done stand-up comedy? Yeah, I tried to do a little bit of stand-up comedy. Did you just eat a bag of dicks up on stage or something? <laughs> nah, that's not my style um, in the least bit. Um, but I did try to do something a little bit wholesome on what was supposed to be grown and sexy night. I didn't mm. do my research. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, weren't, they weren't too kind to me. Like usually they pick somebody in the audience and, you know, they'll, they'll kind of pick on them and stuff sometimes. But like I was that guy in the Mm. audience after my set and uh, it was, it was a learning experience and it was actually, it gave me some really good material that I think I'll use at a later date. Um, But it was, it was cool. I learned a lot. Cool. Like don't, don't go back to your hometown and. Uh. You know, refer to it as the hood for one, especially if you move up to a place like Oregon. Like that's yeah. the, that was the first mistake. Yeah, you, you know? didn't get beat up or anything. Just called names. Just emotionally, just you got emotionally, emotionally beat, beat up. up. That's hilarious. <laughs> you, would you consider yourself a pretty emotionally strong person? Or uh, at times, you know, yeah. Some, what could someone say to you? You know, honestly, I think I think I consider myself to be an emotionally strong person because I think it takes a lot of emotion to be honest about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 100% like cry in front of, I mean, 50 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's different now. Like when I was little, I used to cry, but you know, it'd be like, I get mad and get in fights and I'd be crying and you know, I'd still be winning the fight, but it was like kind of weird uh, to see this little kid, like, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, beating people up and stuff. Not that I was, you know, a hellion or rambunctious, but like, you know, emotions are hard, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> It happens. It happens to the best of us. I think uh, what's scary, though, is like when people are like devoid of emotion. And, you know, that was another challenge that I faced was like, okay, how do I get these emotions under control and still get to be me and feel like I'm me? 
like behind the emotion. Like I don't, I didn't want to take a bunch of medication that did would numb me. Did you try like SSRIs or something? Or I'm I, sorry, what? Did you take like SSRIs or something to like level you up? Because I mean, I asked it right when you right when I first met you. I'm like, holy cow, did they put you on desoxin? Because they put people on methamphetamine for narcolepsy. So I was like, did they? And you said no. I've heard the stories, but no. Um, and I forgot the classification what it was that I did take, but it was this this. Well, you know, for some people it, it, it works and they swear by it and I've, and I've met some of those people, but I just had some adverse reactions um, that kind of challenged me to want to figure out a different path. Like, okay, if, if I'm having trouble taking this medication, what can I actually do that's going to be more conducive to a lifestyle that I can maintain? What'd you figure out? Um, I'm still figuring it out, oh. but I, I wanted to do something that was a little bit more entrepreneurial. Um, and it might seem like a stretch, but it seemed like more of a stretch to be asking an employer to make concessions for you. Like most employers don't take too kindly if you like mm-hmm. need to take a nap on the job. I mean, unless you work somewhere that's really kind of high end and that's like the trendy thing to do is like yeah. they have like little. Oh, uh, we have a black disabled person. That's affirmative action. For, would you consider yourself? To well, I mean, like, like I think it's like Google or something yeah, or, or Spotify, Facebook or whatever. Like they have like places where you could take like a little nap and they give you little bouncy balls instead of a regular Mm -hmm. like desk. And so they have like little fun, cool, trendy things because sleep is important. Well, and it's a trendy thing to hire like uh, minority, like different things now. Like all those companies are kind of jerking themselves off. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, you know, if you're, if you're a diverse company, you're not diverse until you hire someone who meets X, Y, Z. Yeah. G and C, whatever. And you'd you know. be like the the Thirty Rock quote. Um, they have a black gay guy, and they call him Twofer because he's like two for one in terms of diversity. Okay, <laughs> I'm not up on my Thirty Rock, but that's, I get it. Oh, that's forever. Yeah, ago. but I, you know, I think diversity is necessary, and oh, yeah. you know, I think the weirdos are what make the world go around, and I'm, I'm proud to be one of those weirdos in my own way. I like it. If I have to be, you know. Yeah, it's a thing. So, so. What have you been up to lately then? I mean, you've been getting this fun run on. You've been, you have two, you have three things coming up in March, not to be too time. I like being, you know, omnipresent mm-hmm. with everything, but. Yeah. Well, um, we had a proclamation signed and the governor signed off. And so it'll be suddenly sleepy Saturday. Um, that's the second thing. The first thing is the multi-generational art show, which is the 6th of March. And then the third thing is the 5k, but a lot of what it's really boiling down to is, I want to raise awareness, but I also want to use some of these resources that I found. One, put other people in connection with them. Two, finish up some of the projects that I got started. I feel like I lost a lot of years struggling with my health. And, um, you know, one of the things I did was start a series of children's books. And um, oh, nice. that was a real... Um, a real eye opener, you know, um, trying to figure out like, what was I going to do to try to, you know, make money. So I just kind of started writing poetry and books and, you know, or at least the idea of, um, books, you know, Shel Silverstein style, Dr. Oh, yeah. Seuss-esque, you know, try to get some of that Dr. Seuss money rolling yeah, in. That's funny. And, yeah. um, I had lost my ability to draw though. Mm. And Dr. Seuss is actually a horrible, horrible, horrific person, by the way. Ah, Not well, someone worth looking up to. Well, his money though. Yeah, I can look up though. to his money. Yeah. And that's fine. That's the that's the the middle ground that I, 
I would like to find is um, being a, a way to, you know, kind of not only support my family, but also support some of these ventures that I want to do without having to always fundraise. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's great for a nonprofit, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's other sectors that I feel like I can uh, strategize in that, you know what, I just want to be able to do it. I either want to be able to, you know, make a phone call, leverage a connection, or just pay for it out of pocket. I don't always want to have to get creative. Um, Some things I just want to be able to finance. It's weird seeing successful people and being like, damn, I want to be there. And then because you don't see the 10 years of work they put into getting there. Mm -hmm. And you say, fuck, I got to start 10 years back from that. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope that less than 10 years, um, yeah. we'll, we'll have this conversation again and it'd be like, oh man, I remember I had this guy in the studio. Now he invited me to his studio yeah. or something, you know, and like we're sitting here and, um, I don't know, maybe I'll be interviewing you. Yeah. That'd be a blast. <laughs> Are you going to start with a podcast or music or what do you, what do you got um, on your agenda? You know, I, I like doing a lot of photography, but at some point I have to actually get a camera and, um, you know, learn those skills instead of just a, a smartphone. Um, I do like interviewing people. I like, I like the stories. I think having a good story to share and however that happens, I'm really interested in, in the process. Like I said, I want to do children's books, but I also uh, do some freelance journalism. I like interviewing people. I like getting other people's stories out there. And I started kind of doing some acting, nice, you know, I started yeah. with some extra work. Um, <laughs> yeah. sorry, that was... That was an experience in itself. It still it? is, um, but I'm enjoying every every bit of it. Nice. Just um, being an extra in the background, you're butt-ass naked and assless chaps or something. No, not that kind of extra. <laughs> um, but I, no pun intended, yeah. but I, um, I I have done some extra work, and I would say a few lines here and there. Um, nice. Nothing too... Nothing too risque, I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I want to um, start. I'm, I want to make my own short film just so I can act. Because here's the thing about being in a short. Oh, dude, we should any, we should talk. Yeah, like, we should I, I'm, I'm tied into a community that's doing short films and stuff like that, and I want to do something a little more risky. Yeah, here's even the though thing. I don't want to act in someone else's because I've seen a lot of really, really, really shitty movies and short films, even professional things. Uh-huh. So if you're acting in someone's shitty writing and shitty directing, you're gonna look bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to write it and, and direct. I'll just have someone else do the cinematography because I'm like, at okay. some point, you could be the best actor. If, if Leonardo DiCaprio's writing mm-hmm. uh, some shitty writer's writing, he's not going to look good. You're going to be like, oh, this feels like fake acting. So it's like, you know, I want to find it. Uh, yeah, because I'm kind of going to I think, I think you myself. need some wiggle room, like either it yes. be yours or at least to be able to improv. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen like, um, I've seen some situations where, you know, the actors have really brought a situation to life. and. Nice. Um, have have really worked within the constraints and the uh, you know directors and other folks involved have been really receptive to that. Sometimes they say you know let the art be the art, yeah. you know. But if you're the actor and you're the conduit, you know you have a responsibility that one do, but also to do well. Unless and you're Quentin so, Tarantino, you shouldn't expect your actors to read word for word. You know, if you're a small time writer, you should not expect that. Have rough things written down on page for sure. Yeah. But, I, th- I think um, getting involved with it, you'll uh, you'll have a, a, a greater appreciation for any flexibility. For it. I'm huh? not going to get too involved. I'm just going to do my own thing at some point. I think point. you should do it. I think you should, man. I- I'd love to see it. I'd maybe even love to have a role in it, as long as it doesn't involve assless chaps. Oh, it will. Everyone. <laughs> Every single short film, there's going to be you and assless chaps. 
Who do you think is going to bring in the girl, the girl crowd, the women? I don't know. Uh, you better find someone else who with there's uh, no one else that'll work. A little bit better chaps, oh, okay. you know. Maybe give me some yeah. time, you know, tone it up and like, all right, we can do like a stunt double or something. Ah, like that's a, so some funny. Stunt chaps. Your face, and then you're just a different person from the yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. hilarious. Maybe someone a little taller, Tall. you know, some a little taller. That's funny. I don't really think longer of legs. Short. I don't, know. I don't either, but apparently some people do. So do people you tell know. you that? Do people are like, "Hey, you're pretty sure." Who would ever say yeah, that? Yeah, there's usually people shit. that are like the same height as me, which really? is weird. Yeah, oh, it's like, funny. how do you tell someone they're short too? Yeah. Like that's weird. Like it's not really short if you're the same size, yeah. is it? But what's so interesting is like everyone <laughs> wants to be tall because like short girls want really tall guys. I'm like, why though? Like women who are shorter go for shorter guys. Taller girls go for taller guys. I don't get it. I mean, I like it. Like, my partner's almost my exact height. If she's wearing heels, she's taller than me. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it makes things nice. I don't have to, like, bend down way, you know. Well, I, I you know, know, everyone has their preferences, you know. But I'm they're wrong. Like no, I'm Jack kidding. and the Beanstalk, you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't mind a little climb. It's all good. Oh, yeah. That's you hilarious. <laughs> no, I like it, man. It's cool that you're doing I mean, a lot of the people who have had on the show, such as uh, our common friend Mike Schwab, he's, like, yes. entrepreneurial and he's, you know, like, everyone here who I meet is just trying to get something going, but none of them interact with each other's social media. No one helps each other. I'm like, what we really well, I think need. That's changing. I think that's slowly, changing. Yeah. And um, like, I just, I just recently met Mike. So, and mm-hmm. that's part of why I believe things are changing. It was cause I was doing a lot of things independently. And since I've met him and a few other folks in the group that were involved in, we're already talking about doing a number of things. Like he's working on a kid's show. Nice. I want to be on the kid's show. I was like, Hey oh. man, that'd be awesome. I could be like, the haphazard chef, you know what I mean? Like, and the kids could be like, no, you're doing it all wrong, you know? And, um, you know, just make fun, fun out of the situation. And I don't know, I I really enjoy it because it allows me to be either a better version of me or not me at all. And I think it's kind of therapeutic. I just wish I remembered my lines better sometimes. So like, yeah, apparently. Yeah. You know, they say meditation is the best way to escape. And I'm just I, I haven't found that I haven't meditated. Well, I don't even, you know, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if it's really escaping or if it's really just finding out who you are and finding out that, you know what, you can play different roles. You do mm-hmm. have, um, you know, you, you can channel aspects of yourself that maybe you didn't delve into deep enough to really realize we're there or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It can get fun. It can get weird. Maybe it can get dark. I don't know. I don't know what kind of role I'll play, but yeah. I know I would definitely want to play them. That's cool, man. I mean, it, it's. Do you have a, a hope for which one of these different ventures turns out? Like, do you want to be a children's book writer? Or oh, that's going to happen. That's, that's an eventuality. One, okay. Um, yeah. But I do. I do. I'm. I'm really interested in some of the acting and the writing and coming up with ideas because. Do like, it. Write a screenplay, man. I'm. I'm working on it. Uh, someone you, just I'll, gave me some. Uh, some pointers. What were you going to say? I'll give you Final Cut Pro. It's. It, you can just torrent it for free. Oh heck yeah. Or no, not Final Final Draft. If you have a Mac, yeah. or do you have a? I don't have a Mac. Windows Actually, person. I'm working. I'm working on just uh, actually having something that works. Like my yeah. laptop crashed on me just yes. recently, and I'm like, hey, this is a fine time. You're only juggling the most um, things that you've ever tried to do in life. Yeah. Um, yeah, why not have your computer crash on you? Yeah, so I'm figuring that out too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I would love to do something like that. There's just so many genres I want to see happen. Like I had an idea. I don't even know if I should say it, but I, I kind of want to do a spoof on Hallmark movies. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
Where it just ends happy every time? No, where it just like makes fun of them because like Hallmark movies, like I really dislike them. Um, I got to be honest because they're so cliche. It seems like the same storyline. It is. Where it's like girl meets guy. Girl has, you know, to choose between guy and career Mm. and her father. Which one do you think she's going to choose? I think she's going to choose... You know, the guy wrong, every time. you know. Oh, really? Oh, I think, <laughs> I think she's going to choose wrong, I, you know. I and think almost every movie and TV show ends with people getting together, like a successful, like, all right, yeah, they're going to mm-hmm. fuck. Because that's what everyone wants in life. Everyone just wants to reproduce. That's why we're here. So, well, that's part of it. That's ah. part of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like, if you went through your whole it life, is. if you didn't have kids right now, do you really think you'd be a priority to be creating other stuff? Or do you think you'd be like, shit, I need to have a kid? Um, actually, I think I'd be. What would I, you know, I haven't really given it much thought. If I didn't have kids, what would I be doing? Because, uh, you know, having kids has shaped so much in my life. um, I really don't know what kind of person I would be. I know, like, before kids, I got a hell of a lot more sleep. Ah, You're about to be a grandpa. I am a grandpa. You are a grandpa. I'm about to be a, I don't know what they call it, like a grandpa two times over or something. Double time grandpa. And how old are you? Double grandpa. 30, (laughs) by grandpa, I'd guess 38. Oh, bless your heart, man. No, I'm a little bit older than that. You're older than that. And you don't get sleep. What's your secret? Uh, The secret, I don't know. Maybe trying to keep up with, you know, my my youngest. Um, Injecting young blood into you? (laughs) Exfoliate, maybe? I don't know. But definitely not not the other thing. How old are you, then? Um, Well, you know. That's private. How much do you weigh? What's your home address? Well, my my weight <laughs> is nah. Um, actually, I put I put on some weight, a little bit of a winter coat, and uh, you know I'm trying to develop a range for like some of these roles. Like recently, oh, yeah. I played a, a proctologist with vision problems, and I, <laughs> he was a little bit older, so I kind of let myself go a little bit for that part. Oh, that's funny. That's a good go, no. That's a good excuse you know, to, to just eat voodoo donuts twice a day. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. it's, for a, it's for a role, babe. You're, right, exactly. I'm trying to get like, in the character. Why the fuck you get so fat? You know, like it's trying to get in the character. Role. Yeah, I've noticed all these Hollywood people always have like long hair, like Brad Pitt and stuff. I'm like, I hate having long hair. Why do they do that? It's probably because they want to get a role and they don't have to grow out their hair for it. They get to Well, pick. I just wore a wig. Like I did one uh-huh. recently where I was wearing a wig and I kind of feel bad because uh, I wanted it to be like more of a traditional Afro, but it's kind of like. Uh, Afro Jerry Curl hybrid oh, kind of situation, yeah. but it looks it looks pretty snazzy. I I felt good like it, it made me reminisce about the time when I did have hair. Like yeah. I had an accidental mullet once. Did you? That's hilarious. yeah yeah. I have one question. No one believes me. I don't. Believe and that. I had red hair. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, that's funny. I've always <laughs> been curious. What's up with the wave where people wear uh you know like uh, rags and they'll kind of like make their hair wavy? Oh, what's the appeal uh, of that? Because people like love their waves when they got waves. You know what? I never really had the wavy hair, but you know, I had brothers who did, and like the reason is the ladies, just like any any Damn. other thing, for the most ah. part, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it comes down to that, you know. Some people, you know, admire the effort or the seemingly effortlessness of having fantastic hair, you know, and and I think that's a primal thing, you know, like. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think deep inside, you know, people look at these attributes and it's like, ooh, you know, they're healthy. That's yeah, what we're really attracted healthy to. Split ha- ends. Healthy split You might be a good provider of DNA. That's totally, no, but really though, like if someone's like, oh, nice, they got a good bone structure, they look decently, like well off. Yeah, firm chin. Yeah, oh baby. No, oh, that's something I've been. 
ah, I don't like a wheat chocolate. <laughs> it's funny. And it's funny. I, I, I say it in other yeah. people because it's something I noticed in myself. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, jaw lines have become such a thing where it's like, that's a large thing why I judge. You must like, be in your 20s. I'm, I'm 22. See? Yeah. So wait, yeah. What, what, what stage are you on now? You're purely uh I'm on a, traps? I think I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> like a girl with big shoulders? <laughs> no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm settled down quite a bit, but, um, you know, I think, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably like a little bit of anomaly. I feel like I could find something attractive about any and everybody, you know, to some degree to where it's probably like a flaw, you oh, know what I mean? Know. Like, I don't know, like, wow. My big ass nose. <laughs> it's like, well, you know. I mean, I don't know, you know, in the right lighting, yeah. you know, <laughs> called no lighting, called all the lights off in a very dark room. That's the right lighting. Right? No, I like but, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you, you're in a long term relationship now? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm married. I've been married for to your youngest kid's time. mom. Yeah. Nice. So um, it worked out then. Yeah, it's still working out. Nice. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, because one part that I kind of tuned into when I was taking photos is that you were at a very, very low more recently when you're in this relationship? Is that something you wouldn't want to talk about on air? Um, you know, out of respect, the fact that, like, you know, a lot of this is new. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, and also, too, like, being in the public eye, it's, it's, it's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, one, she doesn't like it. You know, oh, she doesn't yeah. like, you know, the lack of privacy and this and that. And I don't like it either. Yes, but, you, um, do. you I, wouldn't do it if no, you did. No, I mean, I, I do it because I feel like it's a necessity, but I do it with the idea and the hopes that I can do it long enough and well enough to where I can, like, retire. When I say retire, I mean just, like, go to doing something else to where I have either money making money mm-hmm. and I can do something obscure and make money instead of something that requires so much self You would be okay if no one knew that you did it. You'd, you'd be accept, You'd be happy I would making be, money if no one knew of you or that you I did I would the work. be okay with that because, you know what, I've experienced like some things with having some localized celebrity-like attention and and still being broke, but like having yeah. to deal with like weird paparazzi yeah. type stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I was in the store and, you know, this girl, you know, she sends me a picture of me and I'm like, OK, that's kind of weird. She's like from a different part of the store. She was like, well, I'm I was shy. I was going to say hi. But, you know, um, I just, you know, I wasn't sure if it was you. I'm like, you weren't sure it was me. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like that's you sent me a picture of me. You're watching me right now. Look yeah. at this picture of me. Yeah. And you just sent it to me. So you're still here wow. hiding yeah. like at an end cap or something like recon style, watching my expression, seeing me get all weirded out, you know, in a frenzy. Like, where is this person? Like, you got a telephoto lens or like I'm just here in the cheese aisle. Yeah. You know? You like it. I don't I don't buy it that you don't like it. Everyone wants their art to be seen. Everyone wants to be recognized and affirmed, you know. I think they do, but I think there's a, a there's a certain amount that they want to be seen and you know, I don't think they want to be completely seen and vulnerable and stuff because so you're you, ingenuine. You're saying that you're pretty ingenuine um, with your I, art and your you persona? Know, I w- I wouldn't mind being successful versus famous, mm. you know. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to be infamous. I don't you know, know what and I, is. no one knows who you are. No, infamous is more like Everyone. you're well known, but like know. for all the wrong reasons. See, like, I don't want to be that guy. I think there's two levels of fame. There's a level of fame like Naval. Like o- the only people who know of him are people who like him. And then there's Joe Rogan or somewhere, Obama's, where everyone knows of him, even people who don't like him. I think just being well known. I met well Joe known, Rogan once. I met Joe Rogan as well. Yeah, I got a funny Joe Rogan story. Give it, give it, give it, give it. All right, so I met Joe Rogan at a comedy club in California. Same here. And this was. 
back when Hollywood I was, Improv or a Comedy Store? Um, no, uh, I forget the exact one, but it was like on Howe Avenue. We'll mm. just say that. Um, and I met him, and I'm taking a picture with him and stuff. And somehow that picture ended up being like online or in a news article or something where he's like uh, getting heat from talking crap about like his fans and stuff doing the, you know, fist up pose that you see um, people doing with like fighters and stuff, you know. And at the time, like I didn't even really know Joe did stand up. I knew him from like his UFC stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did the fist up pose in a picture with him. And so someone took my picture and put it with that article, like labeling me as kind of like the the poster boy for the fist up, you know, kind of pose thing that he was making fun of. And get and catching heat for it. And my friend was like, Hey, you see that picture of you and Joe Rogan? I'm like, What? What are you talking about? And I read the article and I was like, No, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Like they didn't even do their research. Like I was training for amateur MMA at the time. That was the context that I kind of knew him in was his commentary and you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. It just it just was kind of weird to see a picture, you know, and they're talking about him making fun of somebody and that somebody's me. Yeah. But it probably meant a lot for you to meet him at the time, right? Um, I mean, just kind of go real brief. It was cool. It was but like, it, it was cool Joe, to meet someone know? who inspired you. You don't want yeah, to be that definitely. for someone else. Of course, you want someone to see you and be like, "Hey, you inspired me." Oh for- no, it was cool. Joe was a funny dude. Like, um, no, he, he's not. He, That's the one thing he's not. His stand-up comedy is not that great. Really, I like the guy. I respect the hell out of him. He just yells. He just yells the whole time into well, a microphone. You so know, it amplifies it. I was like, what you the know, fuck, dude? He, he's done some. He's done some things that I'm. I'm kind of a. I'm glad I was introduced to just that that genre of funny, you know? Okay, I mean, yeah. a lot of it just happened to seem funny, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? More like storytelling. Yeah. And then some it of the stuff, I just felt like it was funny. Yeah. If you, the best stand-up com- comedian, I just found him out a day or two ago, like 3 a.m., Mark Normand. Everyone, if you want it, and I don't like any comedians. I like Bill Burr a little bit. Okay. I don't really like stand-up comedy. I tried it for just for fun. I'll probably do it again. Don't you like, should. And I'm actually having two stand-up we comedians should. from Port. Yeah, I'd go with you. Let's do it. They have Lucky's on Tuesday nights. Let's do it. Okay. We'll have um, a set a date. I have two comedians coming right after this at four, and then I'm just going to do the other one at five. And then okay, they're doing cool. some comedy down here. But Mark Norman is a hilarious stand-up comedian hmm. in, in, in shows, but he's not funny. He went on Joe Rogan's show. That's why I heard about him. Yeah. And in, in his show, he was just, whoa, swing and miss all the time. But, I mean, Joe Rogan in a subreddit, they hate him. They call him Joe the Joke Killer Rogan because people start wow. jokes. The and pendulum is shift. He won't get it at Shifted, all. Huh? Yeah. I mean, people love him. People love They wouldn't listen yeah. to the podcast if he didn't. But at the same time, that dude says some dumb shit. Of course, in 1,500 episodes, he's going to say something stupid, just mm. as I am. I don't know. But you're scared of saying something stupid. You just want it to be seen as the. Nah, as long as someone thinks it's funny and they think that I said it that way on purpose, then yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, here's the like, like you. Just I think there's a time. You don't want to see some yeah. of your low points being public, and and I get that. But here's the thing: if you're not willing to just have the public see you public, like I, I am really more or less starting to uh, to think that unless you fail publicly, people will resent you. Well, if I'm you trying to learn how to do it gracefully. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that that I think matters a great deal, um, and that has to do more how I process things and how I'm able to rebound and recover and show my face again after having a a low point or whatever it is. And so for me, you know, yeah, it matters. I mean, I would, I would be uh, disingenuous if I said that it didn't matter. I mean, I think it matters because, you know, 
at the end of the day, I'm involved in a lot of public service, and so I mm-hmm. I want people to one be receptive to what I'm trying to do, and I don't want them to be put off by me um, and. People, disregard what I'm trying to do. See, I don't think but people I'll, don't I'll run connect, the risk. I'll people run don't the connect risk. with people's high points. Like when people come on the show and they speak about like the depression and stuff like that, those are people's favorite episodes. People connect with the low points yeah. of each other and then they like the person rather than being like mm-hmm. the person gets this depressed, is true. This which is, is an true. interesting thing. This is true. Like you have to have, you know how like they have that ratio of like crazy hot that, you know, they talk yeah, about, yeah. yeah, you have to have that same kind of ratio. With Where do you like, think you are on that list? No, on the crazy yeah. hot list? Yeah. Oh, man. It doesn't apply just to women. Men are crazy and hot, too. Uh, I think I'm a hot mess of a man, you ah, know? That's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. Max on both. <laughs> Probably tipping the scales on both that's ends. hilarious. You know? Um, is the funniest, the, the funniest question I ever read um, for someone who's, I think people call uh, short people vertically challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, people are like, would you give up, a, uh, which way would you go on a scale if you can give up one inch either way for your height to your dick or your dick to your height? You know, <laughs> I think I got height to spare, you know. Nice. You, 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 you wouldn't need to be taller? I wouldn't. I'm cool with that because nice. you shrink anyways, yeah. you know what I mean, height-wise. You know, I mean, I can probably go to chiropractor, get an adjustment, feel oh. real good. Is your wife taller than you? My partner's taller than you? Um, I would say we're the same height. Nice. She would Beautiful. say she's taller than me. Ah, she just, of course people do that. Yeah, they do. Uh, I don't know. It's, fun. it's almost fun to let people have things like that. Like, everyone wants to feel good about themselves to the point where I... I I mean, I don't have that much to brag about, but like, I definitely don't play up my good parts and I'm like really okay being the heel of a joke. Cause it's like, people just want to feel good about themselves. No one wants to be like, like, well, have you ever had been around someone who like just says the best parts of their life and you're like, what yeah, good are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like just I was just, I was just telling somebody, um, about a guy, you know, and like part of his thing was you couldn't really tell a story around him because he always had something that was like super competitive to say or similar or whatever. It was like, oh, well, ain't nothing, anything unless you've done this or that or you've been this or that. And of Mm -hmm. course, he's checked off all those boxes. And I think sometimes that gets monotonous. And I think, (laughs) um, I don't know. I mean, maybe if if you are the most interesting person in the world, then maybe do that. But like, I think at a certain point it gets weird. And it's like, hey, man, I was just trying to tell a story, man. I wasn't asking you to like, be a one-upsman on every instance like i think that's rude yeah i, I don't really tell stories because i'll tell like really really good funny stories or like ones where i'm kind of the butt of the joke but like, i'll hold one back every now and then just because you know just trying I, to be a nice guy but here's the thing i'm not really like <laughs> i'm not receptive to stories like that's why i don't like ted talks a big reason they always start off with a fucking story about their life and i'm like I don't give a shit. I don't care who you are. Tell me some information. I think the algorithms make it so. Like yeah. they've probably no, yeah. figured out for that platform. They do. You and know, for this, it's like people like guests who tell this. stories. I hate them. I'm listening to people tell stories. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. Um, but like when I listen to other podcasts, I like like learning information. But people mm-hmm. like my podcast the most that are just people hanging out talking and telling stories. They don't like like the, the you know people PhDs spouting off uh, information as much. I'm like, that's crazy interesting to me. People are just wired different. I can love and respect that, but you know, my way is the right way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's always goofy. You're the man with the mic. Yeah. But so anyways, man, we got 10 minutes left. You got any pressing things, things you want said, or are you, you good to go? Oh man. Well, um, yeah, I'd say if anyone feels so inclined and there's some kind of random wealthy Bill oh. Gates, but not, um, 
Give it to Bill Tiger. Gates. Give it to Tiger. Tell him um, that. Whoever, uh, wealthy yeah. benefactor, go to. But what would you do with it? Huh? Would you Wait, do let with me it? give the website okay, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to get there first. Uh, yeah. Go to suddenlysleepy.org. Um, make a, a, a donation. What I'll do with it? Change the world. Oh, no, it's two thousand. No, you need <laughs> like if you're applying for a grant or anything, you need to tell more exact specific. Like, yeah, I would well, spend this amount of money. No doing problem. This. Yeah. So research. I want to uh, go into the schools, you know, do some hygiene, uh, sleep hygiene type awareness um, and some educational anti-bullying type of things. Uh, help teachers recognize some of these signs because, uh, you know, having trouble sleeping can affect test store, uh, test sto- scores. Words are hard right now. Wait, you were bullied? Um, do you think being bullied made you sleep less? You know what? I I can say that I haven't lost sleep over being bullied. Okay. Like, you know, I wasn't... I mean, growing up in the hood, as you'd say, uh, in a bad know, comedy joke. <laughs> I wasn't the worst of my friends. I, I I hung around some rough sorts, and I don't really consider myself a bully. And I, I just consider them friends, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I kind of always hang, hung around a diverse group of people. And so, uh, you know, I, I hope it all evens out. I've had people that I've apologized to for bullying, and they were like... No, you don't get it. Like, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like, so I started working out and, you know, joined the wrestling team. And then, like, by the end of the conversation, I was a little bit kind of scared of them. Like, <laughs> holy crap, I just make the making of a murderer or something, yeah. you know? Like, I'm glad I'm on their good side now. So why would you be? I mean, I get that. It's such a duality. <laughs> like, bullying is bad, but people who are bullied tend to be more motivated. Like, like any sort of physical bullying, well, awful. Let me explain. I be, mean, the, should, the bullying was like we still had weightlifting and stuff. And so yeah. it was like, yeah, you want to work out with us? All right. Well, here, do this many sets and well, whatever. What, what and can so, you deadlift? Throw a number. Deadlift? Yeah. Uh, I got I to be honest, man. I, I haven't. Because that's the only lift I don't that like max out anymore and well, stuff like that. Best in your life then. Deadlifting? Why deadlifting? That's the only lift that matters. Uh, see? Squatting yeah. and benching? Come on. What are you, a little girl? Well, you know, I like to work on my handstands and stuff because you okay. never know. Yeah, yeah, You never know. <laughs> Might be in ballet. So you couldn't deadlift more than like 100? I don't know. Like I actually messed up my shoulder like when oh, I was rough. in school. And so like I've kind of been a little bit hesitant to max out on things. Yeah. You know, now I just, you know, I break a sweat, then yeah. I go wipe it off. That's it. I'm with you. That's the thing. You're probably <laughs> bullying someone else about working out not hard enough, and then you probably hurt your shoulder because of it. I believe in karma. I know a lot of people don't, but that's how shit works. If you say something, it's going to happen to you. Nah, I just, uh, I don't know. You know Cranking just, down too hard Just, often. you know, in, in Stress school, fracture. not, uh, you know, not uh, informed enough, but trying to impress everybody, you know, mm-hmm. being silly. See, being even back kid. then you're trying to impress people. Everyone, everyone wants attention. Not attention. How should I say this? You want someone to look at you and be like, you did good. Thank you for what you've done in the world. You know, I think I want to be noticed for doing something noticeable. Ooh. You know? Yeah. That's the weird thing about art, man. Like, so many people are making children's books and acting every year. Like, you almost got to come up with something new, but then it's like, well, it's hard, you know? Well, I think getting back to just a fairly good story, something that, like, I did notice there's an overwhelmingly abundant number of children's books that involve underpants like they got an underpants book for every genre of everything they got dinosaurs love underpants captain underpants aliens love under. i'm like what is this weird obsession with underpants it's like almost like potty humor is to comedy 
underpants are to like children's books. Like, Little can we get away know, from that? You went on Amazon, you accidentally typed in underwear children's books. And you're like, why the fuck are these all underwear based? Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> that would probably be a, a weird wormhole to go down and stuff. But like, you'd, put, you'd be put on a list. Yeah, you probably and rightfully would. so. I that's not my thing though. You oh. know what I mean? I like to. I like more of the Brothers Grimm esque. Uh, Shel Silverstein, you know, like I said, Dr. Seuss, even though you say he wasn't a good guy, you know, but well, he, could, he, he could rhyme. Here's he could what you rhyme. know. Okay. Yeah. You, you know. can, you know, whatever, disconnect the man from his art, but like you can do certain bad things like, oh, if he accidentally hit someone with his car, it's like, yeah, you're a bad mm-hmm. person, but you know, you're negligent. His wife had really bad cancer and he went off and cheated on her. Ooh. Yeah. So your wife's dying of cancer and then you're like, well, she's going to be gone. I'm going to cheat on her while she's like. You know, at the worst time of your life. I'm like, you're an actual horrible human being. Like, I have, um, oh, I was talking to Dr. Massey, mild boss, and I've had him mm-hmm. on the show. Um, he works specifically with, like, kids at risk youth and stuff. Um, and I told him that. I'm like, I'd be more okay with someone murdering someone than cheating on their wife. Because that's, like, the one person you vowed to protect and, like, the one person who cares about you in the whole entire universe. And you break that trust. And he said that's um, ah, something like specific morality or something like that. Um, Ah, and I just um, noticed that I'm married. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Three years yesterday, or oh, no, two con- days ago on the 13th. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, but anyways, um, I said that he's like, you have very sp- specific morality. I'm like, I do. Like, I think beating and beating like your wife or child and then cheating on your wife are like two of the most worst things you can do because those are like that's the whole reason you're here is to make sure those people are safe. Hmm. I have pretty specific morality. I don't know. Right. I think the list has room for more things than that. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that can go on that list. What's the worst thing someone can do in your eyes, then? Um, I mean, killing people is bad. I'm not saying it's not. But. It's definitely something that our society frowns upon. Um, uh, but I would say, you know, I wouldn't say. You know, I, that's the one thing I wouldn't say yeah. is because I, I don't want to be in a position of judging people because I've been at points where I've done things that I didn't recall that I even done and having to, you know, hear it from someone else, you know, who I know, love, trust and respect that I've done things that I just wasn't aware of. And I think there's times where um, we can be compromised and, you know, we have to have a certain amount of grace or at least maybe we should because, uh, you know. Maybe you don't know when those times are going to be, but you might be on the other end of experiencing something that you had no control over, you know? So you cheated on a partner? I'm sorry if I brought that up and it was super <laughs> personal, man. I did not mean to call you out like that. If that, if that is what happened, I'm not well, saying that. Well, that's an this. assumption. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've cheated on a lot of things, tests, this and that, or oh, whatever. They say you if should. you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I think, some, I think more of someone if they cheat on a, high, or a college test than if they're like, really do it. I'm like, it was, school is just a, a hole to jump through, a hoop to jump through. If you take it too seriously, like, come on, well, get with it. I would have more of a, a qualm with the person who invented it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yes, very true. Like that person, like, what was that about? Yeah. You know, I'm not know. the pioneer of anything bad. I'm just trying to do good, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's the interesting thing about like being a pioneer of something. Like, I wonder if like, I'm just going to take this to a really dark place. Like, oh, go ahead. If no one had ever written a sci-fi book about like, or like a book where someone shot up a school, would anyone have ever thought of the idea of shooting up a school or like, like if the person who first shot up Columbine or whatever, if that was never made public, would there mm-hmm. be less now? Cause the people are like, Oh, that's an option that I can do. Like if you didn't know you could kill yourself or shoot it, like do all these bad things, would it ever cross your mind? 
I think putting it in people's heads as, yes, this is bad, but it's a possibility of something you can do. I think that's the reason more people do it. I think that's a moral quandary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like you have religion and stuff too. And it's like you have these sacred texts and you have all these things and they tell you all these things you shouldn't do and tell you stories of what people used to do and or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, it's who tells the best story and who's the most convincing, I think. Um, and I think there's something there. I think that's a part of our, our nature. I think it's written in our DNA, you know, and without getting too sci-fi, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we all have a purpose and uh, to find out what story we bring to the table and, you know, make it a good one. I'm torn on if we have a purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I want to be respectful of your time. Do you have to go? Uh, I want to see who's coming on next. They're, they're coming on in an hour, so I got a little oh, bit of no? time. Okay. Well, I think I think we should end this story with a comma and, um, you know. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, it's always up. a pleasure. Always. All right, beautiful. Take care. Lots of love. All right.